2: What is up? This is Brad from the future. And I wanted to give you a quick heads up on this week's episode. So it was huge fun. We had Wes on and we went through our first mailbag segment where we took listener questions, got huge Warriors news and knowledge on the table, and also shared some pretty embarrassing personal stories. And the reason I'm talking to you now is I apparently really enjoyed this episode? Maybe too much. I dropped even more F-bombs than I normally do. So I wanted to give you the heads up that they are out there. In fact, there are so many of them that even though we beep them, they still might upset the delicate of heart. So if you are not a big fan of the four-letter word, I understand. My apologies. This episode might be worth skipping. If you don't, so mind them, then uh, hang on and enjoy. Either way, you know how much we appreciate you. Uh, and sit back and f***. Maxime, just end it at either way, you know how much we appreciate you.
1: We're going to bring you all into our
2: huddle. You are in. Boyer's Huddle with me, Bram. Joining me per usual, my boy and producer, Marcus.
3: What's up, Dub Nation?
2: And our master of all things sound, Maxime. How's it going? Boys, we're going to be welcoming in Wes a little bit later on. But uh, before we do that... We're going to get to start up a brand new segment and one I am fired up for before we discuss it. Let me check in with you boys. The preseason started. We have real basketball being played. I'm sure if we turned on the television right now, we could actually watch a little bit of hoop. How are you guys doing? You fired up or what?
3: I'm pumped, man. I, it- the bubble was a bit of a tease and it wasn't enough of real basketball and obviously not enough of Warriors basketball to get me excited. But with all the player movement um, and just having a, you know, a full season back, I'm pumped and ready to go. want to see how the Warriors do in this Western Conference is stacked again as usual, but um, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to the challenge.
2: Well, it's not just having Hoop back, right? It's, it's having Hoop back and then having Hoop back with the Warriors and then having Hoop back with the Warriors and a Warriors team that actually has a shot in the games, unlike last year. You know, last year was fun. The bubble was fun. It was Hoop. We love it. It's entertaining to watch. And I've used this analogy before, but last year, certainly during the bubble, and if we're being honest during the regular season too, was like watching a great movie whose protagonist you didn't give a f- about. You know, I just didn't care how the games played out, principally because I didn't think the Warriors really had a shot. So getting to watch this stuff again now and feeling like the Warriors have a shot and having someone to root for is awesome. I forgot how much I enjoyed it. So yeah, man, I'm, uh, I'm back on board. Maxime, how's this podcast finding you? 100% stoked. Yeah, I
4: mean, Steph Curry, seeing him play again. I also, I feel like um, Steve Kerr's opinions, being way more excited about their potential than he was this time last year. It's infectious. I, I feel like I'm seeing it in Jordan Poole's um, market improvement. I'm seeing it kind of everywhere I look. I'm really, really looking forward to this season.
2: I even like Jordan Poole's new hair. I mean, that's how excited I am to, uh, to watch this year. And with that in mind, boys, let's turn to the new segment. All right. So, New segment for us, not really like groundbreaking material. It's essentially a mailbag. And we reached out and our listeners, who I love, by the way, I I love your guys' sense of humor. I love your guys' support, the whole nine yards. Um, But in this instance, I loved your questions. We reached out for questions. They provided them. I have some gold in front of me. But there are some twists because, boys, I like twists. Twist number one. We don't really cover specific games um, or really even boring topics on this show. Instead, we like having big, broad, what I'll call lean-in topics when it comes to the Warriors. And for me, what a lean-in topic is, so many conversations and podcasts, if we're being honest. Talk about things you think you care about. But when they start talking about it, you tune out. It's just words, blah, 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 right? And then every now and again, they'll have a topic that makes you suddenly wake up and you lean in to listen to it. This podcast, gentlemen, specializes in lean in topics. So for these questions, we are looking only for information that is not only important to everybody, but entertaining to everybody, not just stack geeks. Twist number two. We like being transparent and probably give up too much personal information. So some of these questions are going to be asking for warrior's knowledge and some of it is going to be asking for embarrassing personal uh, transparent stories and hopefully we'll be happy to give them. Finally, twist three, we're having some problems with the name. I don't have to tell you gentlemen, you are the people I am fighting with. Uh, For those of you who are listening, Marcus and Maxime have identified a great name, Warriors Oracles, which uh, we could call the segment, and I'm hoping to be doing this segment very frequently, so we need a good title. My suggested title is a little bit more straightforward. I want to call it Top Questions of the Week. So here's where we first need your help before we start answering these questions. If you are listening and you have an opinion, you like one of these titles better, let us know. Uh, Follow us up on Twitter because I'm going to put a vote out there. Uh, We are at Warriors Huddle and help us pick a title. With that in mind, boys, here's our first question. James in San Francisco asks, quote, we've seen a few preseason games now. We have a small sense of how these pieces fit within one another. Please, boys. Give us an updated answer on what you are excited for and what you are worried about going into the season. MT, take this one first. One thing you are excited for, one thing you're worried about now that we've seen them play a little.
3: Um, I'm excited about James Wiseman. I think um, the reactions of him being in his first practice um, were shocking. Like a lot of people said, he's just a massive dude. He's got a lot of skill. He's very raw. But Steve Kerr said, "Um, think – You know, when you compare him to David Robinson, compare him to sophomore in college at Navy, David Robinson, not, you know, multiple time all star NBA champion with the Spurs, David Robinson. But even sophomore at Navy, David Robinson was averaging over 20 and 11 and three blocks. So, you know, that's big praise to Maxime's earlier point. Um, The tone from Steve Kerr last year when it was just a ton of rookies and we were young was very like, look, this is gonna be a rough year. This year he's a little more optimistic. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how Wiseman fits with the crew um, and just makes us a fun brand of basketball to watch again. And I'm worried about the rest of the West. I just think it's just so deep. It's just, you know, it's just tough. I mean, the Lakers and Clippers obviously are there. Luca's being talked about as being the league MVP. You have um Houston if James Harden leaves, you know, otherwise they figure it out they gotta be in there. You have Denver, Portland who made some moves. I think they're a dark horse. You just got a ton of teams. Phoenix who are just tough plays, like night in and night out, we're just gonna be in a battle. So in a shortened season, um with a team that's still trying to learn how to play together and with the loss of Clay, it's gonna be interesting to see how we battle for that playoff spot and where we land.
2: We saw both sides of that already during the preseason. And, you know, preseason, right? So we probably shouldn't be pulling too many lessons from it. But in a matchup against Denver, who's considered top of the West, the Warriors look better, and they were all over them. In a matchup against Sacto, considered bottom of the West, it took a fourth-quarter comeback to kind of make up for a nasty halftime deficit. So, yeah, man, the West is loaded. Uh, kind of taking them, I don't know, out of turn, in turn, whatever the hell it is, won. Did you guys see uh, Curry's quote about Wiseman in practice, said he looked like a puppy who had been let out of the cage because he was just all over the place?
3: <laughs> no, that's a great <laughs> I, quote, <I'm>, though. <laughs> absolutely
2: love that. Um, and then if we're looking for blatant optimism for Wiseman, and I think we all know that I always am, friend of the podcast Monte Poole, wrote this article basically saying the Warriors coveted Antetokounmpo. That's not happening anymore because Giannis uh, signed the re-up in Milwaukee. But if you rewind the clock and Milwaukee had first drafted Giannis, at that point, you know, it was all potential. It was like athletic upside, but no actual skill set. And he was drawing all these comparisons to Wiseman. So maybe the Warriors already have Giannis in the fold, and we just need a few years of development to figure it out. And then finally, that thing you said about both of you said about Kerr uh, yeah I mean it took like Kerr eight minutes during the training camp last year to basically come out and be like yep, yeah, we're f- this team is not going to be that good and I think he he earned a lot of credibility um, just by doing that because most coaches wouldn't and that's not what he's saying right now uh, so maybe reasons to be happy things I'm excited for a random specific thing I love the extra FU energy Kelly Oubre shows on the court after almost every play. So like we've talked about him being a dog and how he's going to add toughness, and I believe that, and I think we've seen some of that but I hadn't watched enough of his like day in, day out play to know this about him. He's got a little Ron Artest in him. You know, he he deflects a ball and he has a little personal celebration. Um, he gets a rebound and there's a timeout. He does like three fist pumps in like rapid succession and, and you know, gets really excited to himself. I like that. I like it not only for what he brings to his own team, kind of like a, a injection of energy. I like the inadvertent you it's going to constantly give to the other team there's no way that that doesn't get under some people's skin, fans and players included. So I I just like that. man. Have you you guys been noticing that at all?
3: Yes. Absolutely, definitely. (laughs) I noticed it when he was with the Suns and he had that one putback dunk and he he has his signature like head bob where it's almost like he's gonna headbutt you into (laughs) next week and you know, he does it every time. And when he was with Phoenix, I hated it. And it was like, oh, like he almost took Draymond out with it and started a, a big rumble again. But now that he does it with us, when he came off that corner dunk in the or the and one against uh, Michael Porter Jr. And he almost headbutted him into, you know, like the playoffs. I was like, nice. like Loved
2: it too. I don't know if you to- need to show <laughs> off that I saw it in Phoenix. I mean, settle down over there, guy. You could just agree <laughs> with me and without bushing me out. Uh, I'll move over to the thing I'm worried about. General chemistry. So I'm not breaking any new ground here. Um, and I believe in the talent we've seen. I'm excited to see these boys learn to play with one another. But one of the things we've already seen is that they don't immediately know how to play with one another right now. Easy, stupid example. Steph in that first SACTO game came out red hot. You know, he had 11 points before the other team could blink. And even though that was happening, there was times when they came down the floor where the ball wasn't finding him in rhythm immediately. It's not because they didn't want to get it to him. It's just because these guys don't really know where everybody is yet and that worries me you know generally i want them to be able to play at their best but couple that with what you were saying mt west is loaded uh, you know single games are gonna matter and if i'm worried about something it worries me that the first couple of weeks of the season they're gonna have to find their feet and they may lose a little ground in the west and that might matter for the playoff thing uh maxine what's your take upsides downsides coming out of the preseason
4: Man, I, it's just I can't believe how in sync we are on all of this. I was going to essentially say the exact same thing as you. Uh, I, I feel like one of the reasons that I'm so excited for this dog energy that Kelly Oubre is showing um, in spades is because I think it in some ways takes some pressure off of Draymond to be that guy night in and night out uh and so i think that's going to be a sort of a beautiful magnification between the two of them i'm really stoked to see that progress i can't wait to see draymond get back onto the court with these guys um and on the other side i think chemistry is going to be a real problem and I, you know i'm not just worried about where it lands us in the west uh, because quite frankly my expectations are tempered relative to seasons past um in steph's prime but it's precisely because it's still Steph's prime. Like I feel like every time he's open and they don't pass it to him, it's a wasted opportunity. I want to see I want to see all of the plays that only Steph can make happen in the NBA. That's why I love watching him and so much now I'm realizing of what made Andre Iguodala and um, Sean Livingston and David West so critical to this team was that they were smart enough to like get their body into the right angles to like open up lanes to help an off-ball Steph Curry succeed. And I'm just like nervous with this young team that you know the chemistry issues essentially are going to make it such that like we don't get to maximize this singular unbelievable talent that has me stressing. And I really really hope that it progresses over the course of the year to something. Yeah. Much um,
2: Incur, we trust, right? I mean, that's all we can do. Hopefully, they'll find ways to make sure that these guys jail as quickly as possible. Mt, I forgot to tell you that I spent a bunch of time watching Ubre film in Washington, the, the the spot he played before Phoenix, and I just saw all the head bob <laughs> that he did there. So, I mean, I don't know. I was a couple steps ahead of you there, but uh, is what it is. Next question, boys. From collaborative teacher on Twitter at Doc Bloom asks us this, and I've. Uh, I've rephrased it, but the question is the same. It is a pick which scenario you guys like more. Let's go with the less optimistic question, and then I have a more optimistic question next. Less optimistic. Scenario number one, boys, good news. They make the playoffs. Bad news, they have a nasty, terrible-to-watch burger loss to the one-seed Lakers. Let's say they lose in, uh, in five games. It's a gentleman's sweep. Scenario number two. They miss the playoffs entirely, so we don't get to watch them in the playoffs, but they also miss that first round loss, and they now get a top 10 pick in a loaded draft. If you had to pick between one of those two, what should you prefer?
3: I'll go first. Um, I would prefer a top 10 pick. I think this year is tough. Like One of the other things I worry about is who's going to score when Steph Curry um, isn't leading the way, and... You know, you see the the gravity that Steve, that Steph plays with, and how everybody goes to him, and he creates these open shots. And when he threw it out, and Wiggins was taking the wide open, um, you know, like set three pointer, and it was just like, oh man, that is not Clay Thompson shooting that, and it just really hits home that you're gonna be hoping. Wiggins can somehow increase that percentage so I think we're still a piece away the next draft is loaded Um, we have you know a lot riding on Minnesota being bad so hopefully we can be just enough better than them that they're um, a a poor team but they don't get the top three pick and then it goes to us and I think we just restack and get get one more year back yeah exactly we get three and four and just are. We can all.
2: I, I see where your momentum's taking you and I'm going to pause you because I want to give you an extra piece of information and then give me your actual answer, all right? So here's here's what I'm hearing you say. For those of us who want the Warriors to be back in uh, title contention, want to know the fastest way to do that? Have two top five picks in a loaded <laughs> draft. So, you know, take one step back, eight steps forward, right? Which one would you prefer? I ran this by Connor in a past podcast, um, expecting him to say exactly what I just said and what I think you're getting ready to say, yeah? Yeah. And what he said is no, 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 the opposite. And in fact, we know the Warriors um, agree with him that they would prefer make the playoffs and then lose uh, right in the first round as opposed to get a high draft pick. And the reason he he justified it was um, culture. He said that these guys have tried to establish everywhere that they do not want to lose, that they are not a lottery team. And that one of the reasons they spent all the money on Uber and everybody else is to show everybody, no, 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 that's not what we do here. And so what he's talking about is the danger. You know, you, if you have two, not just one, because they just had one of these years, you have two of these seasons in a row, you have the possibility of, of losing the culture. So is that something that would change your response?
3: No, that does not change my answer, actually. I hear that argument and that rationale, and it makes sense, especially from the Warriors standpoint. And I believe, you know, has tapped into it, and that's what they really believe. But... It's weird. We went from we're title contenders and we're the ones who can give the Lakers a shot and a run for their money to Clay going down and all of a sudden we're a lottery team. Um, We all know Clay is an amazing player, but it's weird to think that just one player like that can immediately change us from top of the Western Conference to bottom. So I think that we are still. That extra player um, in a loaded draft away from from competing, and I think the clay injury gives us that out. I think it yep. doesn't hit the culture the same way because there's still that built-in excuse if there's you want excuse. to call it yeah. that. Rationale. Like, look, yeah, like as soon as we are healthy and all of our players that d- created this culture are playing, then you can judge us. Until then, like you can't really say if we would win or not.
2: Well, can we use the phrase culture if it's so um, fragile that it would disappear after two losing seasons, right? Right. I mean, I I think we, we have to believe in what's been built. This thing isn't going to necessarily immediately disappear. And if what happens is you add that kind of talent alongside, by the way, a healthy Clay Thompson, I feel like you could get over whatever losing habits could start immediately. When, When Wes joins us, we'll run that by him, too. For you, Maxime, let me give you a slightly more optimistic scenario question. See which one you'd prefer. All right. Scenario number one. Good news. They make the playoffs. Even better news, boys, they do get matched up against the Lakers and they beat them. They take them down in what can only be described as a, we believe, 2.0. We celebrate like just giant happy motherfuckers here in the Bay. They move on to the second round and then lose. You know, so we, we had a huge first round losing the second round. Scenario number two, they make the playoffs. They do not play the Lakers in the first round. They play somebody else. They beat them. They go to the second round, they win again. They make it all the way to the Western Conference Finals and then lose to the Lakers. So, of those two, Maxime, which would be better?
4: Uh, I think I would prefer that they make it farther, especially because in that world, you know, it's not like people would know that there was this alternative reality where they actually got to win. Um and I I, you know, the Lakers are an excellent excellent squad and I think we have every reason to believe It just would be an upset if we beat the Lakers, no matter what round we beat them in. Um, So I don't think it's too much of an issue for me as a fan of the Warriors to see them lose the Lakers this particular season. So I'd rather see them get farther, have more time to watch them play. And especially as we're talking about the context of culture setting, the farther we get into the playoffs, the more serious the basketball becomes. And therefore, the more likely we are to steep these young guys in a playoff atmosphere and reinforce that culture.
2: So I'd rather see them go farther. I feel like people who use the word steep forget how annoying (laughs) Laker fans are. So if it's left to me, there's absolutely no question which of these two I want. I want them to beat the Lakers in that first round, just so I have it to lord over Laker fans forever. I mean, for anyone in my life who actually supports the Lakers, I could bring up 2020 from here until the end of time. So I would definitely take that. Okay. It is my pleasure to welcome in Wes Goldberg to the huddle. We don't get to do the impressive intro, but I am sure you guys remember Wes. I'm going to start you off with a question about Connor. We were just talking about him um, seconds ago, so it's this: Do you think you can beat Connor in a fight? <laughs> jokes, jokes. That's not what I was going to say. Here's what we were talking about. Um, <laughs> We established two different scenarios. So what we're doing is a mailbag. People are nice enough uh, to write us in some questions. And collaborative teacher wrote in and offered us two scenarios. He said, what would you guys prefer for the Warriors' future? Uh, They make the playoffs and they lose to the Lakers in the first round, or they miss the playoffs altogether and they get another top 10 pick. And when I ran this by Connor, what he said is, look, the Warriors would probably prefer make the playoffs and lose because of the culture what they don't want to do is establish a culture of losing that they've worked so hard to to fight against so your perception of this team culture what do you think they would prefer um, first round loss or another top 10 pick
5: I, I they would prefer a first round loss um, look first of all getting some playoff experience right now I, for this for this team might be the most important thing that they can do for next year. If When Klay Thompson comes back, this is a this is a title team. And look, there's some things that can change between now and next year. Kelly Oubre is gonna be a free agent, uh, some other things. But to, to get guys like Andrew Wiggins and Eric Paschal and Jordan Poole and, and some of these other guys, just some legit, James Wiseman obviously, some legit playoff experience. If th- this team wants to maximize Steph's window, then you don't really want those guys getting their first kind of taste of the postseason hmm. next year, right? And uh, I think, yeah, the Warriors would prefer to even go to the playoffs and lose to the Lakers. I think that they would absolutely do that. Now, I, I heard your, your answer a little bit before I, I popped on in, in that you, you just never want to lose to the Lakers, and that's totally understandable. Like, I get that, uh, but – if it means that maybe next year you could beat the lakers <laughs> right you know maybe maybe that that that's worth it you kind of lose the battle win the war i, I don't know so it's kind of thing where
2: you, you see how you match up see what you know who plays well in these scenarios who can be trusted that kind of stuff so that you can mount a real offensive against them next year it makes sense to me what were you saying him too
3: sorry uh, yeah i was just going to say i feel like the experience in the playoffs and maybe it was just because it was the bubble so it was a, a different um type of experience but like Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson didn't have any playoff experience, right? And they played well. So I wonder if we put in too much on that. Like if we have two top 10 picks like in a loaded draft, even if you don't use them both on young players, they're super valuable and you can go get somebody with playoff experience, you know, and one, two picks gets you more than one, right? So I just wonder like how much stock is actually put in what you learn from losing in the first round in five games to the Lakers versus like being a team that is talented enough to shock people and actually make
5: a deep run well let's dig into that a little bit because I think you make a good point with Tahir on Duncan Robinson. I think people think about stuff a little bit different and, and what rookies and young players could do. But Duncan Robinson had been part of Miami's team for two years, right? This I, He just sort of burst onto the scene, but it's not like he just came out of college, right? Like he's been part of their program and developing for years. You How know this hero. is in
2: Wes's wheelhouse, right, MT? Yeah. I think he has a Duncan Robinson facial tattoo. So I mean, <laughs> just sit back because you're about to catch two buckets of Fuck you. This is Miami
5: news. Paliero is unlike any player we've ever seen in the, in the <laughs> league. So uh, you can't compare anybody to him. But no. But the other Roll part the too. With, with the other part too with Miami is. Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero were bracketed by a lot of guys who had a lot of experience. Jimmy Butler, Jay Crowder, Goran Dragic. You go down that roster, and it was an Andre Vidala, an experienced roster, right? And the Warriors, if they want to support Wiseman, yeah, they have Steph Curry, Draymond Green this year. Klay uh, Thompson will, will go next year. And that's probably enough, right, it, it, uh, as far as and, you know, having Steve Kerr being the coach. That's probably enough. I, But – I, I do think when you're asking guys like Kent Bazemore and Brad Wanamaker, who yeah, Wanamaker has playoff experience, but does he really? Like he was like, kind of a bench guy for the Celtics, didn't really play a lot down the stretch. Uh, Bazemore, meh. I just I, I I wonder if they could use uh, when you, when you talk about core guys like like I, I think about Andrew Wiggins, I keep thinking about him and Wiseman. You know, Wiseman's so raw and 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 Wiggins just needs, he needs, we need to see what he does under the stress test of the postseason. season. Uh, I, I think it's so important for those guys to have a little bit of a playoff experience, but, um, and then you look at like, yeah, Duncan Robinson played a major role for the heat, but he had a really bad NBA finals. He had one good game in that finals. He did look a little like, I, I think Nick, like he's going to be better in the playoffs. I think be, this year, because of his experience in the finals last year, he did look like a fish out of water a little bit. And so, uh, you know, you can't, Take that playoff experience too much for granted, even though yes, you can get a phenom, you can you can go out and acquire playoff players and stuff like that. But you, this is the group, man. Like this is it, and uh, and you might be able to supplement it with some people down the, uh, you know, between now and then. But you got to get your core group some really valuable experience because also the other thing too, is the West is a lot harder than the Eastern Conference, and if you want to get through Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James and Anthony Davis and that group. You better know what you're doing and not be and not shy from that moment. Of course, I'm going to give you
2: two names, MT. One um, does not support you. One does. Here's the one that does not support you: Montrez Harrell. You know, what we learned is the Clippers had no idea what he could actually provide them in the playoffs. Turns out what he could provide was nothing. And they, one of the reasons that they didn't make the Western Conference Finals is they didn't know they couldn't rely on them. They relied on him and they failed in what should have been a title bid season. So from that circumstance, we'd probably want to know, you know, get a little bit of, of playoff experience, get a sense of what the hell these guys can do. Let me give you a name that does support you. Michael Jordan. If Michael Jordan is in this next draft, we don't know, right? And we're talking about one of the greatest players ever, if not the greatest. I just don't feel like f- fighting with West right now. But <laughs> if Jordan was in this draft, the Warriors would tell you they'd take 13 losing seasons in a row to, to fold him in, right? So, I mean, it, it, there's, there's some unknown information here, but I think there's arguments to be made on both sides. Maxime, I'm going to give you a new question because I know we're losing you quickly. Corey in Missouri, or Missouri asked this. What is your most embarrassing dating moment?
4: <laughs> um, well, hello, Corey from Missouri. Um, all right, Missouri. here's- he, Oh, excuse me, Missouri. Hey, Missouri, yeah. <laughs> he shows a lot of versatility. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, I have, so the deal is, I have had three over the course of my life, um, serious, let's call them girlfriends, people that I've dated for for more than a year. And uh, I am uh, married to bragging. one of them. And excuse me,
2: somebody's bragging.
5: Uh, <laughs> that's right. I mean, yes. not not somebody, dude. It's well, Maxime. You I'm know his name. I'm trying to say I that mean, I have a lot of obvious. versatility um,
4: as a as a as a relationship person. In any case, You said that wrong. <laughs> um, I'm married to one of them, and uh, the other two I have both left physical facial scars
5: on. Oh my god. <laughs> So I didn't realize the, we were podcasting with Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> yeah, what's going, what's going on over here?
2: Yeah, where, where is this story going, man? Uh, Corey, I'm sorry. I had no idea that this was the information we were going to get, but uh, go ahead.
3: This well, can I, be used as evidence, Maxine, <laughs> too. So just, I just don't know where you're going with this.
4: Well, so uh, I, 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 I will state for the record that it was entirely unintentional. I felt very bad in both situations, and hopefully both have forgiven me. Um, the one that was actually more serious is that uh, I suggested to my girlfriend at the time that we climb up onto the roof of my house so that we could stargaze for a while, and um, she followed me up. I brought up some blankets and, of course, a flashlight so that we could see as we were coming back down, um, and that mag light fell out of my sleeping bag case and hit her directly
2: on the face. So When what? When um, like you guys were climbing up or something? That's right. Yeah, she was following me up on the ladder. Did you guys keep going up? Like, did she pretend like she still wanted to go out there? No, that was the end of that (laughs)
4: encounter. Luckily, my mom's a nurse, but like that definitely left a scar on her eyebrow. Oh
2: my God. (laughs) How quickly did you guys break up? Like that evening? No. uh, uh -uh. Uh, She said
4: we stayed together for quite a while and we only broke up because she told me she wanted to get married. Um, and I wasn't ready for that. And it was really entirely because um, it was an abusive relationship, you know. Um, and I had her yeah. in sort of like a Stockholm Citroën situation.
2: I, I mean, I just heard that you're hitting her in the face with flashlights, man. So, yeah, I, <laughs> I envisioned that. What was well, the second? Uh, so the I second thought for one,
5: sure, by the way, the punchline to that story was, I, and I didn't want to marry her because she had this really ugly scar on her eyebrow. <laughs> <throat.
4: laughs> that would have been way better. Damn it. <laughs> I'll edit that in.
5: <laughs> now, here's some legal advice.
2: Do not use that punchline. I mean, I, I think for sure you're going to want to go ahead and avoid that. Uh,
4: so in the second situation is actually probably my best and worst athletic moment to date. I was playing a little very casual, you know, flirtatious style one-on-one basketball with a, a different girlfriend. And um, this was
2: your most athletic moment to date was a flirtatious back. date basketball scenario.
4: Well, the, the, the <laughs> thing is, is that the amount of force required to launch a basketball from behind you Over your head and actually hit Somebody in the face to draw blood Is a tremendous amount of force So I'm just saying that I'm actually stronger than I even Knew and yes I was trying to do A trick over her head You know cut around her and then like Get a quick layup at the basket and instead Uh left a scar On her forehead (laughs)
2: Uh, wow, man! I I did not think that. I mean, violence is the wrong word. I won't say that. How about I just say I didn't think that flashlights were going to be involved in any of these stories. So I'm very impressed.
4: Yeah, thank you. And I'm I'm both to both of those ladies who I'm sure are never going to hear this. I'm very sorry.
2: Yeah, well, they might hear it. I mean, I, I didn't hear that you injured their ears. It's possible that they are in <laughs> fact out there picking up uh, all of this, and whether or not they heard it, I am pretty sure they remember it. I know I will never forget this back and forth uh, they remember it every time they look in the mirror <laughs> cool here Jeez. one I, oh my god uh yeah since you are our editor and master of all sound i mean really think heavily about editing out that last line uh, for uh, for me I, i'll give you an embarrassing story uh, so i'll start with kind of an embarrassing proposition not only have i had a number of like cringe-worthy terrible moments with the opposite sex but I also like books on tape which are kind of nerdy and loserish on their own and for this story we rewind I'm in college and I'm listening not only to a book on tape I'm listening to the Lord of the Rings on tape and uh, it's a BBC production and this thing was like nerded up like unbelievably uh as overly produced, as you can imagine. So not only were they reading the story, but I, anyone's ever read Lord of the Rings, you know, that there's portions in there where people are speaking in a made-up language. This book on tape would not only read things in a made-up language. When that made-up language was in song, this book on tape would sing it in song. So I am listening to this thing, and, you know, it's about as nerdy as, I don't know, Dungeons and & Dragons. And I go to pick up a girl who I thought was just crazy hot. I had the biggest crush on her. Um, I pull up to her house, pull out of the car, go out, you know, knock on the door, she comes in, and then we hop in my car. I think we're about to go out and grab a drink. And I turn on the car and I forgot that I left the radio on and the last thing I was uh, listening to is this book on tape. So we get in the car, I turn on the engine and the first thing she hears is a song in Elvish. It is literally, it's just these random people with a British accent singing in Elvish and she looks at me, there is no explanation possible. You know, I couldn't even just say like, this is a book on tape. She thinks I'm just rolling around listening to made up <laughs> songs in Elvish, strangely biased? that's Not my wife. You know, like things did not work out. (laughs) It was awkward for the next like two hours. Didn't matter what I brought up. She was constantly coming up with like reasons why she probably had to get back home really quickly. And uh, that's how it played out. Just not the best of times.
5: Do you at that point just rush to turn the music off? Or do you kind of embrace it and just crank it and be like, oh, this is my favorite one? I wish
2: it have. Okay, great question, Wes. Because what I needed to do was just lean into it.
5: Right, like right. sing
2: along with it, dude. Like, like something like that. I don't know, like reaching and the back. I did a hand motion to her, like you know the words. Oh like- yeah, come on! I, I slowly put on an Elvish hat, like you know, just like just own it. What I did instead was panic. So like I tried to turn it down, but like kind of missed the dial, like tried to turn it off, but didn't really turn. It. So I immediately communicated, Oh, I'm really embarrassing or embarrassed by this, but then couldn't stop it from happening. So awful. Just aw- I, right now I'm sweating like a maniac, just reliving the, uh, the full scenario.
5: I love it. I have no embarrassing
2: dating stories. You bastard. You bastard. Yes, you do. Either, either. <laughs> and there's enough questions where we're going to get some embarrassing stuff out of you. But Marcus or Wes, anything to add to this one?
3: I'm like Wes. I haven't, I, I don't have, I guess I'm lucky. I haven't had too many super embarrassing ones. Oh, um, Kind of a funny story. And it's related a little bit to Giannis. Um so i was I used to live in Chicago, and my brother and I um, are just three years apart, but we look enough alike that a lot of people think we're twins um, and We were at a party one time, and there was this hot girl there, and I was like, "Oh, I definitely want to talk to her um, so she was with some of her friends, so Matt and I are talking with the girls, and you know we're we're flirting and doing our thing, and then it turns out. Matt had told one of her friends that we were not basketball players. That's not why we were so tall and what we did with our height, that we were national volleyball players for the Greek national team. (laughs) And for some reason they bought it. I guess we just look like young Giannis's before he was swole and we were skinny. Um, So for the whole night, you know, we're playing up that we're legitimately, you know, there in Chicago visiting because there's a big volleyball tournament and where they're representing the Greek national volleyball team. So we think it's a joke and it's funny and blah, blah, blah. So I called the girl the next day to try to go out to dinner or just get something to eat and hang out. And she believed it. Like she was legitimately disappointed when she found out that I wasn't like a spiker for the Greek national volleyball team and that I wasn't Greek at all. And you don't pronounce my name, Antetokounmpo, so. Yeah,
2: I mean, Wes, if somebody <laughs> told you that lie, that they played for the Greek national volleyball team, wouldn't it be so strange and random and specific that you'd believe it? Like, nobody would say that as, like, a joke, right?
5: Yeah, that's it's one of those lies where it's so w- weird that you're, it must be true, yeah, you know? Right. And, and you know what? If you tell me that you're on the Greek national volleyball team and you are lying, I don't care. <laughs> like I'll, let's let's just let's do that today. That's that's fine. I'll, I'll play along. I don't know anything about like Greek vo- or volleyball teams, so I mean. I just I would don't just ask think a lot you of just questions. don't
3: think of that though. I mean, my skin complexion is like Giannis's. Like, I don't think you walk around thinking that I represent Greece.
2: I did. I, no, I've always thought. Wait, <laughs> you aren't Greek? That's shocking. Also, <laughs> this this feels like a good time to tell you, Wes. I have always played for the Lithuania national uh, <laughs> volleyball team. So, if you if you have any questions about volleyball, I've got your back. Let's turn back to basketball. Um, and Wes, let me throw this one towards you. Uh Kevin in San Diego asks us how many wins do you anticipate for the Warriors next year? Uh,
5: okay so I, I kind of keep trying to do the calculus where it's a, to to remember it's a 72 game season. Yep. I think in an 82 game season this is probably a 48 win team. Yep. And so I'm really bad at math. I can tell you it's about I guess that's 43.
2: About, yeah, it's a, it's a little it's about right. 41. I only know that because I thought they'd win 45 in an 82-game season, and mathematically that turns out to 38. So I would imagine you're, yeah, about 39, 40, somewhere around there.
5: Something like that. Yeah, I think that's – and so slightly above 500, right? Which should get them in the mix for that, for one of those last two uh, playoff spots.
2: I know, Marcus, that your knowledge lays in volleyball, uh, but what do
5: you think? Uh, how many wins? <laughs> exactly.
3: Um, Wouldn't this I think... team be a
5: better volleyball team? <laughs>
3: I mean, don't sleep on Kevon Looney. I heard he's a wizard at blocking. But um, I hope yeah, the answer
2: I, to that question, Wes, is no.
5: Or would they be better <laughs> at volleyball than basketball? Goddamn, I hope the answer to that is no. I kind of think they would. Like, oh, you James bastard. Wiseman. <laughs> Just spiking. Well, by the way, I do think vo- I've played volleyball once or twice and not like a real competitive version of it. Just not for Greece. You know, screwing around and definitely not for grease. I'm not that good. But uh, I think it is the hardest sport. I have no idea how anybody does it. It. I have I also have zero hand-eye coordination. So that's probably a big reason why I'm not very good at it. But it, it, it's, it's nearly impossible. But if you're just it, it feels like if you're just big and tall and can jump high, then you're you, you're way better at it than anybody else And you don't really need to know how to play And that's exactly what this team is I don't know that this team really knows how to play basketball that well But
2: in, uh, you bastard I want, I'm i not going to chase that down Instead I will tell you in 6th grade PE I played volleyball The ball came over the net I used my foot to kick it back over Best kick I've ever had in my life It landed in Like it was in You know it scored a point point. And I remember them telling me like No that doesn't count And I was like F*** this sport and f*** you That was the last time I played volleyball
3: I was out MT How many wins? Um, I think you guys are right on the money. I'm going to go 40 and 32 and seventh seed in the West.
2: Uh, Wes, here's, a I think, a very important one, Um, and it's an open question. What player is going to lead the second unit in offense on the Warriors?
5: So, what do you mean, lead the second unit like on a, in a box score, or just sort of be the leader?
2: Yeah, no. Who do we turn to? Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it, it probably was slated to be Clay the way that they used to stagger the lineups. Um, yeah. But now, you know, when when the starters are out and when we can't lean on Steph, who do we turn to for offense?
5: So, I think what we're going to see is Steph and Draymond get staggered, uh, or not get. They'll they'll be paired up with each other. And ha- and they'll be staggered with Wiggins and Ubre, and yeah. you'll kind of have one of the you'll have one of those two pairs always on the floor, and so it would it's going to be one of Wiggins and Ubre, which to me is the most fascinating tug of war that's happening for this team because you could argue that Wiggins has the better skill set to to lead an offense, right? Because he's got experience doing that in Minnesota. It's a mixed results, but at least experience, and he's he's a better ball handler, better passer. Uh, while while Ubre isn't really much of a passer, um, I think that the Warriors are going to try to experiment with that. But he's he's more of a the, the offense doesn't run through him; it just kind of ends up with him sometimes, just slashing the basket and dunking and stuff. But I think Ubre has the mindset, right? He kind of would maybe want that, and and so with Clay being out, it kind of puts more of an onus on Wiggins to become that sort of player. Yep. But I don't know that he wants to be that player. And I think Ubrey does want to be that player, but might not have the best skill set to be that sort of player. So, so the answer to that question is I don't know. It'll probably be one of those two guys, or based on the last game, we saw Nico Mannion. Like, I'm, I'm like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> if it's Nico Mannion, I think you might be right about the volleyball take. Uh, <laughs> I, I So I also agree with you. So I, I was hoping the answer to this is Wiggins, for all the reasons you said. I also agree, or I, I'll put my own spin on it. I haven't spoken to any of them, but I feel like body language has been screaming at us. Oubre's body language screams, "Yep, give me the ball. I am ready to be the leading scorer on a unit." And Wiggins' language screams, "Eh, I could be, but I don't have to be, you know?" Um
5: and I, and that, I think that's a big part of that is the contract situation. Oubre is on an expiring hmm. deal. He's this is this is time for him to put up and, and Wiggins is just chilling, making $28 million a year for the next four years.
2: <laughs> By chilling, I hope you mean dominating. What you don't <laughs> know is, is earlier we talked about all of my incredible observations of Ubre and Phoenix. So mm-hmm. you missed out on a, a really uh, full scouting report. Um, boys, let me give you some quick hitters. And this comes from Kevin in San Diego. He asks us three questions uh, and wants a single answer to all of them. Who wins the MVP? Who is the craziest person in the NBA currently, and what NBA player have you hated the most over your lifetime as a fan? Let's start MVP. I'll take this one first. I think the league is going to want to uh, thank Antetokounmpo for signing the uh, five-year extension. Obviously, the league doesn't decide it. It's going to be media members who ultimately vote. I think it is going to be Antetokounmpo who does it, but the... uh, the overall theme this year will be backing Yanis. Uh, I think they will have another incredible regular season, and he wins it. And when I say the league wants it to happen, um, I think they just dodged a huge bullet. Uh, with the James Harden thing happening and him basically demanding out, the NBA was looking over the precipice of, I think, a media nightmare the perception would have been like there's no loyalty anymore and these guys can leave at the drop of a hat. I saw something on the ringer talking about it's the NBA is getting close to the Premier League because you know, these players can transfer franchises at any moment and they just dodge that. You know, if, if Antetokounmpo had left, I think that that's the legacy they'd have to worry about. He now stayed so they can celebrate. No, you know, actually there is some loyalty left and I think the MVP will follow.
5: I like... I I don't see Giannis getting it um, because maybe the league would want to reward Giannis, but I, he put up such a stinker in that round too. I mean, he, his, his flaws were on full display and media. And look, I know it's a regular season award, but the people voting on this, don't forget that. And they're going to basically say, all right, it's nice. You've got your two straight MVPs. Congrats. But you, it's time to do it in the postseason, And we're not awarding you for regular season success anymore. That's historically, that's what has happened. And so, I've basically. I have. I think Giannis has zero shot. I don't want. What does he have to do to win MVP this year in the reg- to to He's not going to be able to silence those doubts in the postseason because he's not playing in the postseason yet. He's going to have to go out there and score like 50 points and 20 rebounds a game to be even, I think, in the conversation. Front.
2: Okay, you don't agree. You don't have to like
5: really break down why you think I'm
2: wrong. Who do you think is going to win it?
5: Definitely not Giannis.
2: <laughs> I got it. Wait, do you think Giannis has a shot? I mean, if you could give me 10 reasons why he doesn't, that'd be great. Go f*** yourself, Wes. Who do you think is going to f- win it?
5: It's going to be one of uh, Damian Lillard or Luka Doncic, and you can put all the money that you have, listeners, huh. on that.
2: Who would you put it on, if you were going to put Damian all your Lillard. money
5: on? Yeah, I, w- I just I would give it to the experience at that point. If I had to pick one, I would probably just go with Lillard. I think his team's a little bit better than the Mavericks do, So, considering that they'll probably end up with more wins, I would give, I would probably say Damian Lillard. But you know, you got the the two Lakers guys are going to split votes. Uh, I I think that the for similar reasons to why Giannis won't do it, I think. I think people are sort of, and by the way, like Kawhi's not getting it because the media members don't like Kawhi, and because they shouldn't. Like he's an asshole, and uh, I, I don't see any of the Brooklyn guys getting it for similar reasons. And uh, and so you kind of, all right, like who's liked, who deserves it, who's got, who who needs like a little bit of a, who who can come out come out and have a bounce back year and an improvement year. Uh, and it's Damian Lillard and Luka Doncic. I, I think what Portland did in the offseason, they're going to they're gonna be positioned to to win probably about 50 games, I think, this year. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility even in a 72-game season. And then for Luka, I mean, the dude's just amazing to watch and he's kind of got that fun um, aspect to it, his game that is going to get a lot of eyeballs and a lot of attention and, and, and then a lot of votes. Uh, but he might be, you know, a year away from really, you know, earning it. You, you tend to, these guys tend to not get it the year they earn it. They get it the year after they earn it, right? Sure. And I think Lillard's just been in the race so many years that it's going to be time to reward him.
2: I think that's a great answer. I hate it. I hate that answer, but I think <laughs> yeah. it's a great one. Um, I, I get the feeling that Marcus will probably agree with you. I'm positive. No, I don't. But... I'm positive you won't agree with me either. Uh, yeah. Am I right about that? <laughs> well, then I don't want to hear your stupid answer, but go ahead. Who you got?
3: No, I think that is a, a great take. Um, I think Doncic, I think because poor Zingas is hurt, Um, teams will be able to key in on Luka a little Mm -hmm. bit too much and um, we'll just take the ball out of his hands and he'll get a lot more assists, but I don't think he'll have the same impact and I think that'll hurt him. Um, So I think he's a year away. I think it's Davis, Anthony Davis. I think even though LeBron will likely still get some votes, I think the narrative is there that Davis is the closest we're coming to having a legitimate shot at somebody being – Um, offensive or MVP of the league and defensive player of the year like Michael Jordan like Giannis was doing it in close but to those reasons you listed uh, Wes I don't think he gets it this season but I think Anthony Davis kind of propels into that light and into that position they have a ton of national TV games so he's going to get that exposure with the media members and if he stays healthy I think um, he ends up winning it over uh, Luka.
2: You know, I've always said that I have problems pronouncing people's name. So, and, I, and I've said Giannis in the past. That's how you say Giannis Anthony Davis. That's how you pronounce it.
3: <laughs> well, good job then. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, second question. I'm assuming it might be a clean sweep, but I'll give my response. Who's the craziest person in the NBA? Oh, so we don't, you know, we don't have a, a window into all of their minds. We can only limit it to the craziness that's been shown to us. The person who has shown us the most craziness. I don't think I'm going out on a limb here. Kyrie Irving for me. Oh.
5: It's got to be Kyrie. I mean, I, when you said crazy, I was thinking like Dennis Rodman crazy. Um, and I mean, the word for that is eccentric. I don't know. Uh, but Kyrie Irving, like, I don't, he would love if you called him eccentric, but he doesn't deserve that title, whatever that is. Um, yeah, crazy, um, weird, annoying, disrespectful, all the above. I'm, I'm so, I'm so, I can't believe, did you do this on purpose, Bram? What trigger you into a I hate Kyrie Irving rant? I think you did.
2: No, um, no, I did not. But do you hate him? And I'd like to hear a rant on it.
5: <laughs> Talk about that. Um, I I can't believe I used to wear his shoes when I hooped. I I'm I'm gonna throw them out. I've already decided. For him to come out and call media members pawns, and this is not me on my media high horse. It's just flat out disrespectful, dude. It, it's these are other these are people who. By the way, you're not allowed to just decide that you don't talk to. You're you're pay- you don't you don't you don't get to say, hey, I just want to play basketball because of the pure love of the game. All right, you want to do that? Quit. Don't be in the NBA because that's not <laughs> what you get paid for. You don't get paid to play basketball. You get paid because you're a celebrity and people want to come to see you and they want to come hear from you. Fans pay your salary, and I j- you just can't. When you turn your back on the media you turn your back to the fans and you, and it's just it's so it, he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room he thinks he's so thoughtful and you're and he's just flatly not I, he's he he is so much less intelligent than he thinks he is he's he's got absolutely no worldview he thinks it's flat I, I I just I can't believe that this hasn't been talked about more and I think the only reason it hasn't is because ESPN wants Brooklyn to be and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to be You know, Los Angeles, Lakers East. Right. And they want to be able to have the access and all that and not and not call these players out. But they have to be just like they had Kawhi. Kawhi Leonard needed to be called out last year. Never talk to the media. Like you're not allowed to do that when you're a star player. Part of that responsibility is not being able to skirt all these other obligations because you just want to focus on basketball. You want to focus on basketball, quit and go play pickup that's how you get to focus on basketball that it's it's not okay and i can't believe that major outlets like espn and all these people are not calling him out and, and you can the nba can find them and they can do that but it, it takes the media to come out and say you know what this isn't okay and if you don't want to talk to us we're not going to cover you the way that you want to be covered and we're not going to cover your bullshit anymore it's That's part of it. his
2: job of course you're right of course you're right um to take him in turn you know him espousing thoughts you know just just letting us know things he's been thinking about up to him. He's got a platform. He can do it, but it's the way he does it that drives me crazy. He's so condescending when he shares whatever revelations he feels like we need to know. It's not just, Hey, you guys might want to think about this. It's, I can't believe you guys don't already know this. And why do I have to explain it to you? Which just as a public speaker is completely unacceptable if you're actually trying to reach an audience. Um, I'll give you a Rodman comparison. Rodman has reached a place now where anything they announced about him, I wouldn't question. If it came out today that Rodman was seen in Vegas riding three tigers and an ostrich, I'd be like, that's weird, but okay, yeah, sure, Rodman did that. If it came out today that Kyrie instead of showing up to a press conference instead uh, sent the media a bowl of grasshoppers, I'd be like, well, that's weird, but like, I, I, he probably did it like it it wouldn't um it it wouldn't make me question anything so yeah it's it's Kyrie do you have anybody more crazy MT or complete agreement
3: (laughs) no I do like I don't I I agree on that take on Kyrie like I I think he is pompous and a jerk um I do not think he's crazy though I just think he's just you know he must be the worst at parties yeah. Oh, he's my just, God. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Like when they you have guacamole.
2: He's like, uh, like, do you guys know that guacamole causes cancer in South America? like, ah, oh, what? <laughs> dude, like you're not even eating it. Like like, settle down, man.
3: Exactly. Um, but when you say the word crazy, that's not – I don't think of him as crazy. I just think, you know, he's a jerk and I wouldn't want to be friends with him. When you say crazy, he was the craziest player. I always go to Pat Beverly because I feel like he just does not give a fuck. And he is crazy enough to go stick his nose into any situation to run and just get in the mix and, but I don't and he's just know, one of those dude. people that is just if, if you I handed think Pat Beverly he, a
2: circle, he would tell you it's a circle. If you handed Kyrie Irving a circle, he'd tell you like it, it I can't tell it's flat, it doesn't have a shape. Like there's 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 a different parameter here that we can at least use the word. I, I understand what you are saying, but I I push back a little bit.
3: Well yeah, I mean I guess it's just the definition of crazy, right? Is it unintelligible and just like it your definition of what it is is off the court or on the court to me on the it's on the court and i just think pat beverly is is crazy
2: it is mentally deranged especially as manifested in a wild or aggressive way according to dictionary.com and so from that perspective, I'm not sure if either of those guys fit. So instead of digging into the <laughs> definition of crazy, I'll use yours as a, uh, a perfect transfer to the final question. What NBA player have you hated the most all time? So easy answers. Pat Beverly is probably my current guy, but he's not the most of all time. Uh, I hated Evan Fournier for a long time. To be honest with you boys, I don't even remember why. I just remember really disliking him. I think my all-time most hated guy is Mark Madsen. How's that for an old name and random wow. player? But I just remember disliking his face so much both at Stanford and as a member of the Lakers, that he's the first name that that pops up for me, um, and I'm a little worried. I'm gonna, if I turn this over to Marcus, he's gonna be like, "Well, it depends on the definition of the word hatred," and I'll <laughs> the entire question. So instead, Wes, I'll put it towards you. What player did you hate the most?
5: Lance Stevenson.
2: <laughs> Why?
5: Not even close. Uh, because of the LeBron blowing in the ear thing. He's so freaking annoying, man. <laughs> I oh, and the way he like walk. It's just when you say hatred, I, I view hatred as if I can't even stand the sight of you and the very anything you do annoys the hell That's out I mean. of me, yep. is that is so – like the way he walks, like, screw him. Like, I just <laughs> – I can't – I always hated watching him. He, like – he skips up the court when he has the ball. He thinks he's so – and, look, I usually like guys with irrational confidence who play who, – who act like they're way better than they are. I'm still holding out hope that Deion Waiter is going to have a good career. But Lance Stevenson, man, he just – He had absolutely no skill. He would like he he was doing that thing where he was blowing into LeBron's ear and LeBron just (laughs) laughed. And and I just think the entire world collectively laughed except for me. And I was like, screw this guy. Like it's so weird. He's it was it was I can only imagine how annoying that must have been. And he's got just a dumb face, and I never liked him. So Lance (laughs) Stevenson. I'm really if I ever have to cover Lance Stevenson or the Brooklyn Nets, I am so screwed. But uh, It's gonna be so
2: great. Your first question to Lance true or face or true or false true or or dumb face. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, it was an obvious question. Answer true. (laughs) The way he walks screw you is just an
3: amazing take.
2: (laughs) Would you mind walking back and forth for us? Yeah, thanks a lot. Screw you.
3: (laughs) Just
5: what I thought. I knew
3: it. Yeah. That's it.
5: Rajon Rondo I really didn't like him for a while um when I when I was really in the thick of being a Heat fan uh he's he seems like a lousy person but uh he does he he's I, I don't hate him I think hate is a very strong word reserved for very specific people, mostly Lance Stevenson.
2: You know what else uh, is a very strong word is crazy with a really hard <laughs> definition. So careful when you use it careful. in a question. You know, what my
5: favorite, I just remembered this, you know, my favorite Kyrie Irving story i ever heard, like, or, or read was he was sitting when he was with the Celtics sitting in the locker room. And by the end of that, that season that he was there, he would start saying stuff about, I don't know, Eskimos or whatever it is that he talks <laughs> about and, and just Jalen Brown and, and. Jason Tatum, who I get, who sat like near each other or something, just rolled their eyes when every time he started speaking, and then that's why Kyrie is no longer there. It's it, it, uh, that was my favorite story of ever. Like, I could just um, I've been in enough locker rooms where it, it that that doesn't go unnoticed, right? Unless I guess you're Kyrie Irving and your head is so far up your own ass that you you you, you can't possibly notice it. But that was my favorite story I've ever read.
2: To see like a weird off between Kyrie and Phil Jackson. Like Phil Jackson could bring in something. Did you know like the Native Americans used to smoke pipes made out of buffalo hip? And Kyrie's like, Did you know the Eskimos like to eat petrified uh, butterfly droppings? Like they could just go back and forth and it would be an amazing conversation. (laughs) MT, who do you hate?
3: I'm going to go with James Harden. Um, Most of all time? Most of all time. Just because he's found a way to me not like watching basketball games (laughs) like when he is doing his drawing fouls and like hooking arms on the way to the lane and getting you know like going to the free throw line 27 times a game it just makes the game just so ugly and i just hate it and then you add on top of that the fact that we had the rivalry with him and the rockets for a few years and he brought in chris paul who was a strong second case or second place for me and most hated it's just it was just too much so the fact that he has exploited the loopholes and the rule books to create like this step back three that is definitely traveling when you look at it and just the way he you know like scores all of his points it's just too hard to watch and i just hate it and it makes me upset that i can't even enjoy watching the warriors play the rockets because he's playing
2: yeah there's something incredibly annoying about him incredibly annoying uh so good news bad news boys good news i have like 50 more questions i mean our listeners came through unbelievably um bad news is we've already been doing this for like an hour so what i'm going to do is i'm going to keep some of these questions in pocket uh whenever it is we come up with a ongoing title for this segment we will be doing it enough where we'll cover all of them so i'm going to limit this to let's say just three more, but this one caught my eye. Keenan in Oakland asks, boys, have you ever been kicked out of an establishment? And if so, what the hell did you do? I'm sure I'm not shocking either of you in saying I've not only been kicked out of a place, I've been kicked out of two places, boys. (laughs) I've been kicked out of the Silver Legacy in Reno, Nevada, which is a casino, and I was kicked out of the Oakland Coliseum during a Raiders game. Both of those happened in the last 10 years. I just said we're going a little long on time, so I'll limit this show to just one of those stories. Which one you want to hear? Me kicked out of the casino in Reno or me kicked out of that reno game?
3: Reno. Reno. No reno. No problem. Reno. <laughs> no.
2: I unfortunately had a, a period of time where I just loved casinos. Um, so much so, I'd, and most of it was happening in Vegas. So much so, I used to call midnight runs. I'd go to Vegas and I didn't always have a hotel room. Um, I'd either stay up all night or if, if, you know, push came to shove, I'd find myself spending the night in McCarran airport, which as a 20 year old was a lot easier to do. There's no, there's not enough money in the world. You could pay me to go uh, spend a night there now. But because of that, I developed all these unhealthy gambling habits. And one of them was this roulette bet that's too boring to describe. um, But the short version is it was a way that I would bet $200 to win back 300. So really you were betting twice as much out there to only get, uh, you know, I bet $200 only win 100 back. Um, What you were doing was betting the odds. So when it worked, it was great. You felt like you were cheating the system and the casinos could never actually catch it. When it didn't, you would lose $200 as fast as it takes them to spin a wheel. So for the story. Uh, I was in Reno with some friends. My gambling kept me out a little bit later than everybody else. So I found myself coming back in to the uh, gambling floor of the Silver Legacy Reno, which, by the way, for those of you who have never been to Reno, it's a Hole. I'd like to tell you it's nice. It is not. It is hell of depressing. The only similar thing it has to Vegas is that they actually allow you to gamble there. Everything else is smaller and more depressing. So there I'm in Reno. There I'm in the Silver Legacy. It's about two thirty in the morning. All I should have done is just go immediately back to my room. I did not. I stopped at the the uh, I stopped at the roulette table and however long it takes for them to spin that roulette wheel twice. I lost four hundred dollars, so I don't know. I do like thirty seconds, and I did not have four hundred dollars to lose. I'm the only person on the floor, and I remember the dealer's name was Anna. Here's how I remember that: after the four hundred dollars was taken from me, after that last spin, she, you know, thanked me for playing. I looked her in the eyes and I said, "You." Anna. Now, I regret it, boys. I regret it for sure. And the second I said that, two very large gentlemen came, grabbed me by the elbows, reminded me, I'm not sure if remind us the right term, that Reno was a quote-unquote family environment and that I had to leave. And my two follow-up questions to them was, one, where the hell were you five minutes ago? You could have saved me $400. And two, I think we use the phrase family environment differently because this is sh- Cole reno what are you talking about so yes boys i was kicked out and uh it wasn't that pretty
5: if and if reno were an nba player it would be the player you hate the most
2: <laughs> i i think that if mark madsen's career tumbled to reno status he would be really disappointed that's how <laughs> awful reno is if you guys I, i'm gonna i'm gonna venture a guess then give me a real answer if i had to guess i'd guess that neither of you have never been kicked out of any place am i right
5: I have never been kicked out of anywhere. I've been places where friends or family members have been kicked out, but I have not personally been kicked out. Empty?
3: Twice. So you can pick a story. One involves a club in Chicago and one involves Raging Waters here in the oh, Bay Area.
2: Oh, let's go. Raging Waters. 100%. <laughs> you pissing on slides or something, man? Well, that one,
3: yeah, that one wasn't really my fault. It definitely wasn't my fault, but I still fault. got kicked out. Raging Waters um, for our senior class trip was where we got to go as a high school. So we go there, we're having fun. Everybody's there. We're with multiple high schools there. Um, there's the Lazy River, which, you know, obviously gets a little packed when you have a bunch of people there, and especially when you have high school students. So they were going a little crazy in there, but I didn't think anything of it. I was with some friends, and we were hanging out. It's like 2 o'clock. We're supposed to be there till 4. And at about 2.05, you just hear on the intercom, will all students from Skyline High School, please report to your buses. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh. And everybody knew. You didn't even have to think about it. Like You just knew somebody did something, and our entire high school got kicked out. So <laughs> we were going to try to play it off like we weren't from Skyline. But um, we definitely got caught. Found out and we got you sent just to the turned buses. to the person
2: closest to you. Like, I don't know who Skyline is. I play for the Greek <laughs> national exactly. volleyball team. I'm just here to enjoy some water slides. Wes, do you believe for a second that he had nothing to do with it? I feel like he was smoking blunts in the lazy river and they're like, you need to leave
5: right now. That's 100% what happened.
2: 100% hundred what happened. Uh, final two questions. I'm going to give you a very fast one and then, ah, these are just too much code. Well, let's, let's go with the fast one. Wes, to you. Uh, donkey with two ends. Donkey in London writes. Do you think Jordan Poole will have a twenty-five point game this year?
5: Uh, sure.
2: Do you, I mean, like, I guess let's let's broaden it. Do you think? I mean, has his skill set impressed you to the point where what his role is this year? You know, do you think he he's capable of putting up a twenty-five uh, spot in the NBA, and he will?
5: No actually now that I've given it. Any yeah, there you go. Yeah, you said that yeah. like it was
2: definitely not. And then yes. Okay. <laughs> well explain it.
5: Yeah. I, I don't, that's such a weird question. Like what if, so if he technically scores 24, then no, he didn't pass the threshold. Yeah, but The um, man's name
2: is donkey and it has two ends. I mean, I don't know if you want to take shots at his question.
5: Kind of, kind of don't like the question. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know that Jordan pool is going to get the playing time. And, um, he's, I don't know. I, his whole status on this team is really strange. It, it kind of feels like a make or break year for him. And he's Steve Kerr has basically already said that he's not going to be a core part of the rotation. So unless, unless there's some, unless something happens in practice where he's just completely showing out and looks better than, you know, Damian Lee and Kent Baysmore and Brad Wanamaker and these guys, I just, I don't see him getting the minutes. And uh, there's a chance that he could be leapfrogged by Michael Mulder, you know, if he ends up making that 15 man roster. So I would say that he doesn't make, I I would say probably, yeah, he doesn't score 25. I don't know if he ever scores 20. I don't even know if he plays 20 minutes at any point this season. I have no idea uh, what, what this season looks like for Jordan pool. I I'm one of the most bullish people on him. I still think he's got really good feel for the game and stuff, but I just don't see the minutes.
2: If you want, you can just tell donkey you hate his question and his name.
5: Uh, I, I, I still reserve the word hate for Lance Stevenson, so I won't go that far. But do you want me donkey, to look up his definition? Better, do better, Don. Let's define hate
2: first. Let's define. I'll look up his definition. <laughs> That's not hard at all. Keep the mic. Uh Wes Pinata for Black Lives at Pinata the Disco asks, quote, Why do you think everybody thinks Kelly Ubre Jr. is so sexy? Is it the eyes?
5: <laughs> he's dreamy, man. Uh it's it's the eyes. Uh it's it's the uh, facial hair? structure. Hair too, there. right? So and the that's eyes kind of look like
2: it, mascara a little bit. It kind of looks like he's wearing I don't think he is, but it does kind of look like there's some mascara
5: involved. There there is he's there's like a royal look that he's got going. Um he's he takes care of himself, obviously. And so the hair is a big part of that. He's very manicured. And look, when you just put the effort in that's half the battle right you just put the effort in you put the effort in he carries himself as if he put that effort in look good play good type deal uh, he's, he's and he's just very naturally handsome and so i why do, why does everybody think that he's so good looking cuz he is really like he might be the best looking player in the nba <laughs> So the on, Warriors are a better volleyball team than basketball team and a better runway than than possibly uh, on the court. That will not be today's
2: theme, although I will tell you I have it on good authority
5: that uh, I, I was going to make
2: a joke about Lance Stevenson having the best of intentions when he walks around, but I won't. I feel like we've done the, the, the Stevenson walking jokes as much as we can. Last question, boys. Rusty in Oakland asks, quote, Joe Lacob was interviewed during the first preseason game and went out of his way to say that the Wings, Wiggins and Oubre, are the key to this team and the difference between a successful and a not successful season. Do you agree?
5: Yeah, I couldn't have said it better, actually. that was really That's exactly what this team is. This, te- this, this team's floor is if, you know, Kelly Oubre doesn't really take a step forward. He's kind of stays a little bit inefficient, doesn't develop the ball skills and doesn't put in the the effort defensively that needs to be there consistently. And then Wiggins, if he just floats through this, this season, like he did in Minnesota, then, then yeah, I, I don't see where you can't trust them. Right. And so I, I, I kind of had this thought exercise the other day, if the Warriors would make the playoffs, how many guys on this team do you trust to play, the most important minutes of a playoff series. Yep. Right. Like when I'm when I'm talking about playoffs too. I don't mean like first round against yep. Phoenix. I mean you're playing Close the Lakers, minutes. or the Nuggets, yep. or the Clippers. And and I think the answer to that question is two, maybe three. Right. Right. And so and and none of those guys, by the way, is, is Wiggins and Oubre. So this regular season is a, is going to be about. Them sort of building up that tr- earning that trust, earning that kind of status on this team, and if they do that, then I think the team's ceiling is pretty high.
2: Yeah, if if I remember the interview, and I I do because it was absolute cringeworthy, um, because of Bobby Fitzgerald, then that might be a conversation for the next podcast. Uh, but one of the things that really stuck out to me was uh, Lacob's description, and it's it's essentially backing exactly what you were just saying. We know what Steph can bring. He can bring fireworks. He can bring generational talent. We think we know what Draymond can bring. We've seen it. We know what to expect there. What we have no idea, the other two major portions of this team are Oubre and Wiggins. So what we learn, how they go, where this goes, is really going to follow them. Is what we're saying making sense to UMT? all this uh, tracking? Yeah.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And I agree. I think in the earlier we talked about who's going to run the second unit. And my answer is Wiggins should be the leader of that unit. But I think, unfortunately, it becomes a motion offense where there isn't one person who's the focal point, which could be good or bad. But I think it, it ends up being one of those things where you just pass and move and whoever has the open shot and it gets distributed a little more evenly where Wanamaker puts in six to eight so does Oubre so does Wiggins and there's no clear defined like okay now that Steph is sitting it's your turn to go do all the scoring right um and I think you know unfortunately because of that to Wes's point when the mat when the minutes matter if we're in a playoff game like you trust Steph you trust Draymond I probably trust Wanamaker more than wiggins and uber at this point just based on experience i'm hoping they prove me wrong but you know like he had the the calmness and the experience when he was in the bubble with boston that kind of made me feel like that was a solid pickup so Um, it's just, just, yeah, they're the floor for sure. And hopefully they're a much bigger ceiling than what we are expecting.
2: I agree with the Wanamaker take. Um, there's something that's just comforting about him. He reminds me of like that sweatshirt you only like wear at the house. Like it's not flashy or in particularly nice, but you know exactly what to expect from it and it will deliver. It's not gonna, it's not gonna have any shortcomings whatsoever. Um, boys, I have like eight more pages, but we are out of time. Um, this has gone back crazy fast so i will save these questions for a future whatever the hell it is we're going to call this segment um and instead i'll turn to you wes always fun having you it's absolutely true this time where can we get more goldberg man for for those of us who need more west where should we go
5: uh twitter at wc goldberg instagram at wc goldberg uh i am officially off of tinder so ladies <laughs> no embarrassing date stories to come for me and uh, read the work over at MercuryNews.com.
2: Your Instagram account is still, I love Lance Stevenson.
5: (laughs) That's where to find me.
2: That's it. That's I thought so Uh, for us, Twitter account. I've already said it at Warriors huddle. Instead of pimping anything else, um, I'll share some kind of fun news. So it sounds like too short and E 40 are set for a rap battle this Saturday on versus, which is a popular streaming service in honor of that. At some point this week, We're going to re-release one of my favorite past episodes in the show, and it's the one where I interviewed too short right after the Warriors championship in 2015. Um, So enjoy. You will hear me try as hard as I can to kiss his ass and seem uh, somewhat entertaining. Uh, But with that in mind, go Warriors. Hopefully, we'll see you next week.
1: Find a closet staple for every part of your day at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use Staple 20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20.